Mums with Hustle podcast, episode 117. This episode of the Mums with Hustle podcast is sponsored by AustralianBirthStories.com. The Australian Birth Stories podcast is a weekly podcast featuring interviews with Australian mothers about their experiences of childbirth. This is an awesome podcast geared towards an audience of first-time pregnant women, parents wanting to have better births and birth enthusiasts. Now, I not only find this podcast entertaining because, hello, who doesn't love a good birth story, Uh, but it is also a heartfelt resource that is providing education and information all of which you can find over at australianbirthstories.com or simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Welcome to the Mums with Hustle podcast where you'll discover everyday mum entrepreneurs killing it in their industry. Learn the secrets you can replicate to create your own success with your host, Tracy Harris. Now, this is one episode where biz meets passion and purpose. And before we kick it off, I wanted just to ask you, have you ever, ever wondered about what entrepreneurship looks like outside of our first world country, in particular, female entrepreneurship? Because that is what we are discussing in this episode. I'm chatting with an Australian entrepreneur whose sole purpose, mission, and why behind her business is to empower female makers in the third world countries by giving them an income and a safe working environment. This is one episode that really moved me emotionally. And yeah, I I just, I learned an incredible amount as well. So if you can get that pen and paper ready and let's get into it. Sonali Hedich is a Brisbane mum to three girls. She has a master's in social science in international development. However, her passion and her life's work is economically empowering women in developing countries. Sonali has worked to empower female entrepreneurs in over 30 countries in East Asia, the Pacific, the Middle East, Africa, and Indigenous Australia. She began her own biz, Multiculti Co., because she was so inspired by the incredible mumpreneurs who are hustling hard to ensure their children have many more opportunities available to them. And today I've invited Sonali onto the podcast to share how she works to foster female entrepreneurship in countries where it's not so common and how doing so may lead to global prosperity. So welcome to the virtual couch, Sonali. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be on your virtual couch. Thank you for having me, Tracy. Oh, I just think your passion, your biz, your life's work is so incredible. So it's my privilege to give you this platform to actually share that with us today in this episode. Um, And I guess to kick things off, Sonali, can you just tell us a bit more about your family, um, the dynamic that you have there at home as a biz mom, and then, of course, introduce us to Multiculti Co.? Sure, yes. So, as you said, I'm a mum to three girls. They're seven and five and now 19 months old. Baby, she's growing way too fast. 
Um, I work full time, not full time, but it feels like full time, seven days a fortnight. So four days, one week, three days the next week and my day job and um, juggle the kids and that work. And then also have Multiculti Co, which is my hobby, my social enterprise, my passion. Um, and I really do it for fun and for joy and, and love it. And can I just add to that, your day job is that you are a lawyer. So you certainly are doing the whole hustle thing. Three children, a lawyer, and you have your own business. Yes. So I'm not actually practicing as a solicitor in the traditional sense of being a lawyer. I'm a lawyer by training. But the work that I've done to use that law degree in the past has been law reform work in developing countries. So going in and, and looking at what's stopping the private sector from growing, what's stopping mums like us hustling in developing countries and getting going and getting businesses up and looking at how the laws and the procedures and the institutions can all be changed to make it easier to do business in those countries. So, yes, a different kind of law to what people understand a regular lawyer to do. Yeah, and so I guess is all of that what kind of opened your eyes up um, to this bigger issue and is this what kind of is the catalyst for you starting your own business? Like what was – I take us back to the beginning really. I kind of want to know what was your startup journey, how did you land at this idea and then how did you make it all happen? Yeah, look, I, I think from when I was a kid, very young, I've just always had a really strong sense of social justice and a passion for it. My mum's Sri Lankan and my dad's Anglo-Australian. So when I was a child, we did go to Sri Lanka and I did see, you know, the huge difference between life in a country that was actually in a civil war at the time and life in suburban Brisbane where I grew up. Um, And I think I was just always on this path from childhood to work in a context of um, addressing global poverty And I was also always very passionate about women's rights, women's empowerment. Uh, When I was in university, I was on the Women and the Law Society. um, And when I started working as a lawyer in the everyday sense, as the solicitor, it just wasn't fulfilling for me at all. And so I was only 18 months into that when I realised I had to to start on this path and I started my master's in social science and international development and transferred to a little NGO where I was making next to no money but doing what I loved and I was very lucky that I landed on my feet very quickly after making that change and scored an amazing job with the World Bank and started travelling the world and doing that law reform work that I was talking about and I was the only woman on my team and I was the only woman under the age, well, person under the age of probably 40 on the team. Wow. Um, and at the time, AusAid, now the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, said that they wanted something to be done on gender. And as the only female, they're like, okay, that's all yours. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started applying what we called a gender lens to our work and looking at how it was different or what was harder or easier or what have you for women to go through those processes to start a business, to get a license, to pay taxes, to get a bank loan, to do everything that a business person does. Um, and, yes, we quickly learnt in a lot of the countries I worked in in the Pacific 
islands in particular, that it was much, much harder for a woman because she was operating in a context that was complete man's world. You know, we think we're in a man's world here in Australia yeah. sometimes, but it's just a different ball game in these countries. You know, it, it, women said that they were intimidated to even go into certain buildings in the city, that they didn't feel like it was their place to go into these buildings. And if they wow. did make it through the door to, say, the business registry to register their business, they'd be greeted by all male staff at the counters and, and they would question them, like, does your husband know you're here? Should you be here? Are you, you know, what are you doing here? So it was just really difficult for them and, and then they had all the, the bureaucracy and red tape and corruption on top of that of starting a business in a developing country. That um, is insane. Yeah. There's so much of what you just said then that we kind of take for granted. Like, it, like we're certainly seeing a rise of female entrepreneurship and, and mums in business in particular um, in our corner of the world and it is – you know, it's difficult, but at least we have, we can access the information that we need to be able to make a start. But you're saying that these women in these developing countries can't even access the information. They're having to physically go in to register their business. And then when they get there, they're, they're being met with um, resistance and obstacles and uncomfortable questioning or intimidation and, um, yeah, just yeah. not even being taken seriously. Exactly. But, and I did this work, this research, uh, well, I've done it a few times, but I first started doing it in 2008. And in that time, the world has changed hugely. So now it is easier in a lot of these countries to do things online. At the time, it wasn't happening, but I think in some ways the digital revolution is making it a lot easier, yeah. but that they still need a lot of institutional access and interaction, you know, for, for example, with banks, um, and that's still really hard for them to get access to finance uh, because that's still very much a man's world. But oh it, but gosh. it is changing, and it, I guess it is becoming a little bit more common. There's been a big push globally around the world by aid organisations and bilateral donors and multilateral organizations to see more female entrepreneurship because everyone is now recognizing that women are the driving force behind global growth and sustainable development and prosperity because they recognize that it's women that spend their money effectively towards education and health for their children and they're much more conscious of social and environmental impact as well and yeah women as consumers are are the key to a better world ah and that's amen. exactly yeah yes. and i'm so yeah i'm so glad that is that message is kind of getting out there because you know it was some time ago now um if you're listening to this podcast and it's your first time listening uh, after you listen to Sonali's episode, I want you to check out another episode that I did with a lady by the name of Katrina McCarter. And um, her life's work is all about mums as the biggest and most powerful consumers in the world. Um, and so what you just said then just gives that even more weight, Sonali, because we are kind of like, you know, we do kind of run our households and, and we, we are the ones that kind of 
I don't know, if mum wants to buy something or we kind of go out and buy it or we have our children's best interests at heart. So what you just said makes perfect, perfect sense. So to be able to acknowledge women as these great contributors to society, I think is so important. But you know, still it's a long road ahead. Um, can we rewind for a little bit? Because I would love for you to just explain what it is that you do at Multiculti Co. Because I don't think we even really touched on that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we got swept that. up in your yeah. why, yeah, in your I'm passion. Yeah, on the other podcast to listen to, meanwhile. Okay, yes, so. Yes, which, which is great. <laughs> yes, but so with all of that knowledge behind you and a really deep why to have an impact, um, you know, what is Multiculti Co.? So... Multiculti Co. came about because having done the work that I've done, I dress my children in amazing clothing from around the world, from developing countries and the places I've been. And wherever we go, we received amazing compliments from people about what they're wearing and asking where they could get it. And I'd often say, you know, well, you can't get it here. It's not available here. And that just continued to happen. Uh, and at the same time, I was questioning <laughs> the way the world was going in terms of the really uh, divisive dialogue in media and politics around culture and race and fear-mongering. And I thought one day I just – it was actually a year ago, it was September last year on the school holidays, and I just thought that's it. I'm going to start a social enterprise. I'm going to bring this sort of clothing that my children are wearing across to Australia and I'm going to, at the very core of what I'm doing, just make it about connection, celebrating cultural diversity, empowering women as mama makers, as entrepreneurs, as consumers and, um, yeah, bring that all into one social enterprise. So I'm bringing clothing across made by Syrian refugees living in, in camps in Jordan um, and Palestinian refugees there as well. I'm working with Indigenous women in Mexico to practice their traditional embroidery, um, which then they create the most gorgeous, beautiful dresses that are just so perfect for the Australians somehow. They're just vibrant and delicious. And I'm working with an Indian NGO uh, that, again, works with marginalised women that uh, really need some sort of income opportunity to, to hand-make clothing from scratch. They do their quilting by hand. They dye material by hand, they weave the cotton by hand, they block print my clothes by wow. hand. Yeah. And then also um, clothing from Senegal as well, using their traditional African wax print fabrics. Focus mostly on children's clothing, boys and girls from ages zero to nine, um, and also some clothing for mums. I've only got one shirt for dads at the moment. Um, and also some multicultural dolls as well with clothing oh, to match the, the kids' clothing. Yeah. That is super cute. Yeah, it is. And they're really popular actually, which is wonderful. Wow. Okay. And you are like pretty brand spanking new. Yes. Like, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you only started this year. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I started my R&D, I suppose, trying to – find my the perfect suppliers and that fit, fitted with my ethos and I knew that they'd be 
um, yeah, there'd be training and, and, and different opportunities for the women and the children that I was working with. Um, and so that took six months just to find the right suppliers that could also provide consistent products that were to a quality standard that Australia required as well um, and then was in a position to launch in March this year. Wow. Well, congratulations. I am loving the uh, the mission, the vision, the ethos behind what you do. I can hear the passion in your voice. And as you said, like you feel like this seed was planted inside of you many, many years ago, even as a child. And this really is your life's work. Like it is an extension of who you are as a person. And I can hear that coming through in your responses. So congratulations for getting this biz up and running and for educating all of us on it as well. Sonali, you've really traveled like all over the world. Um, And I wanted to ask you now, what can you tell us about all of the mothers that you have met in all of these 30 countries um, who are hustling hard in these developing world in in the developing world what have you learned from them and what is it that you want us to know about them and their experience yes that these women that i've met with like just the same themes come up no matter where i go who i talk to what their position whether they're you know the poorest of the poor that are, are making some simple jewellery by hand or if they're wealthy businesswomen that have franchises that span multiple countries, they're always just focused on on their children or their grandchildren and creating a better future for them. That is their focus and they're driven to think about how they can get better education for their children, how they can get better healthcare for their children and, and of course, by children, it cannot it's not just their biological children, it's also their broader community as well. That's just always the one thing that's at top of mind. It's just building this better future for their children, which at the heart of it is all that we want for our children as well. Exactly, exactly. And it unites us and it connects us. And and I think that's something that's just so important to remember when we we hear that fear-mongering dialogue about all the things that divide us and that puts the world in peril. We need to remember that actually the women, the mums, that's their focus. That's that. that I I have um, interviewed the women that have made my clothes, the Syrian refugees um, that are living in Jordan. I've asked them, what do you want to tell the people that are buying your clothes in Australia. They're like, well, when you touch our clothes that we've made for you, just know that we're peaceful and we're good people and we just want a normal life like you and we just want the best for our children. That's what they want us to know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty moving and pretty amazing. And, yeah, I'm a little bit teary thinking about that. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the people that have been following me for a long time or people that have heard me speak at, at various events may know that um, I, I'm originally from South Africa um, and, yeah, my, my whole family's there. And so, yeah, I have seen how, I guess, the majority world lives 
So I know, you know, how fortunate we are, how blessed we are. I've witnessed poverty firsthand. And I think like you, Sonali, when you've seen it, it kind of hits you at the core and it's something that never leaves you. So, um, yeah, it just, my mind boggles and my heart breaks for these women when I hear stories like what you just shared. And I know you've worked with women in the Solomon Islands as well and, um, yeah, is there any particular story about those women, those mothers that really stands out for you? Yeah, there is. There's a few, but one that um, is very simple that I always come back to is women that I met just at the downtown market in Honiara, the capital city, um, and I was just chatting to them about the jewellery, which um, they make out of shells, which is actually shell money on their islands that they come from, where they, they use that as their currency rather than actual notes. Um, but they, they travelled from outer islands of Solomon Islands by canoe with an outboard motor. It could take them all day long, a bit Poppy seas, literally putting their life in peril to get to this marketplace in, in the capital city of the Solomon Islands. And then they'd spend up to two weeks living on the marketplace floor, sleeping on that floor. And it was often absolutely filthy and, you know, without access to toilets or showers or, you know, family or, or, or food, regular food, but to sell their shell jewelry. Um, and yes, they, they'd tell me that they'd come and they'd do that and put themselves through that and be away from their family and sleeping on this filthy market floor because they wanted to save money to send their children to university. That was their ambition. They, nobody had been to university, let alone received a full edge, you know, primary or high school education in their families necessarily, but they knew of universities in Fiji or even Australia and the US and, and they wanted to save slowly and surely to be able to provide that opportunity to their children. I just, yeah, it still makes me tingle thinking about mm. these women and, and the, the literally putting their life in peril to be able to do that for their kids. It gives a whole new definition to like what we throw around as a loose term, like hustle. It's like far out. We're not even hustling. Like that is hardcore. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. is digging deep and working hard. Like that is work ethic. Wow. Okay. All right. So I just want to touch on your logo for a moment because um, the Multiculti Co logo certainly is very symbolic. So I thought it would be great for you to kind of break down, I guess, the different design elements and the reason reasoning behind your logo uh, because not only is it super cool but um, and speaks to your mission and your vision, but also I think it will inspire a lot of the biz mums listening to kind of think deeply about their own logo design and, and what it stands for. So do you want to walk us through that story? Because as I said, I think that's pretty incredible. Thank you. Yes, I, I I think that in that startup phase, that was one of the most enjoyable things for me actually was having 
that creative process to get the logo done um, because, as I said, my, my work hasn't necessarily been arty creative um, in the past. So I just, yeah, got a lot of pleasure out of that. And I had a very, very specific brief that I gave the designer. Um, I just had a vision of a, a crescent moon catching a diverse array of stars. Um, and, and the reason that I wanted a crescent moon is because the moon across many, many cultures represents the maternal, the mother, um, and I, I, again, it was that connecting theme of having the mother as my mother makers that were making the clothes, as the mothers that would be my customers, for me as the mother, and the mother as the creator as well. Uh, so that was the moon, and then the stars represent the four founding cultures from which I draw my clothing and her work with the mama makers. So I have the red and white kefir, which is the fabric from Syria and Jordan that the, the Bedouin, the nomads, wear in the Middle East. And, um, uh, yeah, it, I just – it's so rich to their culture and it was such an honour that the women that I'm working with chose that fabric as well as something that they would make the children's clothing from to share with us Australian mothers that, you know, we talked very specifically about what they would feel would be culturally appropriate and, and, and a good way for them to share their culture with us. Um, so I think that star means the most to me because, yes, that was a, a very powerful process to come to that yeah. agreement. Um, and then another star is the Mexican embroidery that um, features on the dresses that I sell. One is the Indian block print and one is African wax print. And then the final one is more general, and that's for the future of Multiculti Co. And, and whatever direction it takes, whatever cultures that I work with next, um, I needed that fifth star for the future as well. Wow. I think that is just so incredible, the way that you've thought about that, um, the way that all of those cultures are represented, but then also that fifth star. Um yeah, leaves it open for the other future cultures, as you say, that might join the Multiculti Co. Um, yeah, and if anyone's interested in learning more about, I guess, the the why, learning about the, the logo, all of that is over on your website, which we will link to as well, Sonali. Thank you. Um, because I'm sure people are going to want to go over and Learn a bit more about your business. Of course, see the beautiful products that you stock and make available to us here in Australia. Um, but also those super cute dolls might make some really great um, gifts for our littles as well. Um, I wanted to ask you quickly before we wrap things up, you know, you are still in your real early days, but was there a particular thing um, that kind of got your biz off the ground or helped get some momentum for you or maybe was a bit of a turning point for you um, in your seed stage or startup stage as a business or anything that has really impacted um, your success to date? Yeah, look, I... I waited until I was ready to launch properly to tell my friends and, and community via 
you know, Facebook and social media that I was launching. I did do a little bit of a sneaky trial in the background with nobody that I knew with just a couple of the products while I was getting ready to properly launch. And and when I did communicate to my my family and my networks via the various social platforms that I was doing this, I just made it incredibly personal as to, you know, the journey that had got me to that point to launch the business, my life journey, not just yeah. the business journey. And yeah, I guess the people that know me and who what I'm about, it obviously resonated with them and, and everyone was sharing for me and excited for me and inspired and, and so that was an incredible boost to get when I when I went live. Um yeah, so and since then I've just been learning, teaching treating as a uh, experiment or a hobby rather than um, I, I'm in that fortunate position, I suppose, of having the income from my my job that backs me up, um, which, you know, is wonderful, but also it, it limits the time that I can put into growing Multiculti Co as well. And, and so I have to keep it at a certain size. Um, but I love what I do in terms of both aspects of my work, my professional life. Um, I really enjoy what I'm learning from the business that I can apply to my day-to-day job as well and, and enjoy being an, what I call an intrapreneur in yeah. a work sense of thinking, um, yeah, like an entrepreneur in a work context but having a bigger team and resources in that context to innovate. And I suppose when it's my own funds and I have these moms in developing countries that I'm working with, I'm um, more conservative, less risk adverse because I want to sustain it. So I'm not going to go wild about branching off into new avenues if I feel like it's too risky. So trading a bit more carefully, I suppose, with multi-healthy as I go. Yeah, but you definitely do love, I guess, your corporate, your professional job um, as well. So it's like, yeah, you've you, this Multiculti Co is your passion. It's your life's work, but it's also your side hustle. Um, but you are also very inspired on the daily in your day job. So I, I love he- I love hearing that because so often I just hear about people wanting to get out of their nine to five or wanting to get out and make the the side hustle be the full time hustle. But it's not often that you speak to someone that's just like. Yeah, I like it being my side hustle. Like yeah. it's my passion and I'm, I love it and I hope it does really well and amazing things, but you're also really content in your current career. I am, yes. I, I love my, my career as well. Um, but I suppose having worked with entrepreneurs around the world for a long time, I felt like I needed to, to do this Have a go. on my own business because yeah. – how am I supposed to fully understand what they're doing if I don't have a go myself? And as I said, I've got it much easier than them. I'm not working in a developing country or uh, economically and socially disadvantaged context. I, I have, you know, all the opportunities and resources at my fingertips, really. I'm so fortunate. Um, but I have a bit more insight through doing yes. this. So, yeah, well, I was, it's my incredibly next valuable question, in all dimensions. My next question, Sonali, was going to be that do you feel – that having your own business or being your own boss makes you be a better employee? That was my next question, but you kind of answered oh, that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. 
without a doubt. <laughs> yes. In 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 like what other ways? Um, I think oh, just in terms of like I was talking about before, calculating and assessing the risk and the resources of what you're doing because when you're playing with your own resources, right? Yes. Yes, you're incredibly You're way more savvy. Yeah. (laughs) The impact (laughs) or the loss that you could experience if you get things wrong. And so applying that kind of focus as an employee is also obviously incredibly valuable to the organisation that you're working for. But, um, yeah, just, again, having done stuff in social media now for Multiculticol. I'm much more conscious of the messaging and the communication and the and and that what powerful tools they are to to be more effective in a corporate sense as well. Um, yeah, there's so many ways I suppose that it's adding value in my work life. Yeah. I you can just see all of those small pieces of the puzzle now and how they work together and um yeah, I, I can hear in your voice that it's making you work harder or more efficiently for, you know, for your employer now because you you have eyes that th- through the lens of an entrepreneur. You know what it's like to work for yourself, so you're bringing your A game to help um, in your career. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think I'm always just budding with ideas <laughs> and, and I honestly don't mind which context I apply them in either, whether it's my day job or multi co as long as I get to mm. apply them because I feel like they're going to make a big impact. So I'm, I'm lucky in that sense as well that I have different avenues in which to put channel my energy and, and hopefully make a bit of a difference to the people I work with. Oh, my gosh, you are making a difference, girlfriend. A hundred percent. I don't think there's a- like anyone can question that. Um, I wanted just to ask you one more thing before we let you go. What is coming up for Multiculti.co and where can we go? Like, tell us where are you hanging out on social media? What is your web address? Just, you know, where can we be connected with you and, of course, shop from you as well or even reach out to collaborate and partner with you? Okay, well, um, spring and summer is coming up, hooray! Yes, finally! <laughs> it's been a long winter. Yeah, most of my stock is perfect for spring and summer, so I'm just really excited to be in this season. Um, I'm at www.multicultico.com um, and also Multicultico on Instagram and Facebook. So it's quite easy to find me. Perfect. Um, and I can be reached at hello at multicultico.com. So yes, you should be able to find me easily. Fantastic. All right. And before we wrap it up, um, you're offering 10% off storewide for all mums with hustle. Did you have, yay. Did you have a code for us as well, Sonali? Yes. It's, MWH10. Okay, perfect. Nice and easy to remember. I'm going to make sure that goes in the show notes as well. MWH10 for 10% off at Multiculti Co. Um, get in touch with Sonali if you feel like, you know, you have, I don't know, 
I just love connecting people. I believe in the power of collaboration. There are so many incredible mums in the Mums with Hustle community. Um, so, yeah, get in touch if you think that you can help in that capacity, but definitely head to multiculticoco.com and connect on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you so much, Sonali, for coming onto the podcast for educating us, um, for inspiring us to make a difference. And, yeah, I'm just very, very grateful. I wish you all the success in what you're doing. And, yeah, I'm, I don't know, you're leaving me thinking, which is always <laughs> a good thing. Yes, thank you. And you're you. leaving me grateful. Yeah, yes. very grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'd just re- like to reiterate what you've said, which is, please do reach out to me. I love connecting and collaborating. And I guess when I first started, I did find it a little bit isolating and mysterious, the whole world of Instagram and, and you know, other mom entrepreneurs that had been in the game a bit longer than me and, and understood how it worked. And, and so I'm happy to always connect and, and help and, and collaborate in whatever way. And I'm very grateful to you, Tracy, as well, because your podcasts kind of were a little bit of a lifeline when I first got started in terms of starting to navigate this world. So, yes, thank you oh, so that's much. So, that's so nice of you to say and that is exactly why I started the podcast. So I'm just glad that women like you have found us and you've embraced the content and, of course, you've taken action to do amazing, amazing things. So the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> Thanks again and I look forward to following your biz. Thanks so much, Tracy. Thank you so much, Sonali from Multiculticco for joining me on this episode and shedding some light on ethical fashion on female entrepreneurship in third world countries and for making us think. Before you head off, if you have not yet given us a review over on iTunes, I warmly ask you to please consider doing that. The link to do that is in the show notes. It's super easy. Click that link. It will take you straight over to iTunes where you can leave us a review And to make it a little bit more fun, I have decided that each month I am going to pick one kind person who has left us a review and I'm going to gift them a copy of my Instagram ebooks. And that is the entire bundle. All three of my Instagram ebooks are going to be given away to one person who leaves a review on iTunes. And I'll deliver that to them straight in their inbox. How's that for a bit of fun? When crafting your review, simply use the hashtag MWHInstaTribe. And I will know that you are leaving a review alongside an entry to win my monthly giveaway for my ebook bundle. How fun is that? Okay, lovely. I will leave you to the rest of your day and your hustle. I hope it's a good one and I'll catch you here next week on the podcast. Bye. 